grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our text tonight is going to be taken from the reading we hear now in the words of Luke. And when the hour came, Jesus reclined at table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you that I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. He took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. He took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup is poured out for you. It is the new covenant in my blood. So ends our reading. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks that you have gathered us here tonight to receive a gift. The great blessing of your son's body and blood, the bread and the wine for the forgiveness of our sins. Lord, we pray tonight that you would give us faith to trust your promises that these gifts are given for us and for our sake. And we pray tonight that you would also grant us your Holy Spirit so that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts would be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, in Jesus' name, amen. Are you ready for the Lord's Supper tonight? Are you ready? Pretty sure I just heard my son say no, which is interesting, because he's having his first one tonight. In fact, he's not the only one. There are six students here tonight who are having their first communion, and this is very exciting. They have gone through... Uh, the classes with me. They have studied the scriptures at home with their families. Uh, they have had discussions with us about the Lord's Supper, and now they are coming to receive the sacrament for the first time, to eat the body of Christ, to drink his blood in the bread and in the wine for the forgiveness of their sins. Are they ready? Are you ready? What does it take to be ready to come to the supper? Is it just a matter of going through a few classes with me, reading some Bible verses, and then convincing the pastor that you should eat it? Is that all there is to this? Are you worthy to re receive the supper because you have graduated or you've become a certain age, like it's something that you can't have until you're of like the age of 11 or 12 years old, kind of like your driver's license or, or being signed up for the army, like you've got to be a certain age? Maybe you think you get the Lord's Supper tonight just because you showed up. Came to church on a Thursday. That's your reward. You get to have the body and blood of Christ. Who's ready for the supper? What is it that makes us worthy and ready to receive the supper from our Lord? Martin Luther, in his small catechism, actually asks the question point blank, just like this. Who receives the sacrament worthily? Who's ready to take it? And every time I hear that question, I find myself, you know, I'm kind of stopped short. Because that question can be kind of dangerous. It turns things in on yourself, which is always a dangerous place to go. It almost forces the question upon you. Should I even be here? Am I worthy? Who do I think I am to take this supper? Is it for me or isn't it? And how do I know? Am I ready? St. Paul does the same thing to us, by the way. Tonight when we're in 1 Corinthians, and he says this, that you can take the body and blood of Christ in a manner which would eat and drink judgment. Of 
He says, if you do not recognize the body of Christ in this meal, you can bring judgment and eat judgment upon yourself. I mean, you start to hear this sort of stuff and you start to worry. Am I able to do this? This is no mere routine. This is no ritual we simply run through to remember something. This meal is quite powerful. It is quite unsafe. So how do we know if we're ready to taste it? Well, we're going to get to the answers of those questions here in a little bit. But before we do, I think we kind of need to set the scene and understand a little bit about the way Jesus instituted this supper. And perhaps by looking back on the night in which Jesus established this meal for his church, we might be able to figure out what it is that actually makes us ready to receive it. Now, if there was anybody who was ready for the Lord's Supper, it was Jesus. He was excited about giving this gift to his disciples. Did you hear what he said tonight? It's a wonderful verse. He says, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. It is interesting. Jesus gives the Lord's Supper in the context of the Passover. And notice what he says here tonight. He says, I have earnestly desired to have this Passover with you. Not just any Passover, this particular Passover. After all, that night was no, partic was no uh, normal night. This was no typical Passover. This was the Passover of Passovers. Every other Passover had anticipated this night. Even the very first Passover, which took place, was not merely about rescuing Israel from the, from the tyranny of Egypt, but rather it was about that and preparing God's people for the coming of his son who would be the savior of the world. So notice what Jesus does on that first Passover. He takes that meal, that meal that the Jews would do every year, that meal which looked back on the night when God sent his angel of death to defeat the Egyptian tyrant to save his people. He takes this meal. He makes it about himself. He told his Israelites that night to slaughter a lamb and to wipe the blood of the, door, uh, the, blood of the lamb on the door frames of their home so that death would pass over. So what happens is that the blood of the lamb is shed. The people were set free. And then every year after that, the Israelites would participate in the event with their ancestors by enacting the same meal. They ate, they drank, they looked back on what God had done. But, not, but tonight, that night I should say, Jesus changes the focus. He took the focus of the meal from the past and brought it into the present. He took the focus of the meal off of God's saving activities in the past and he brings the focus on to himself. He takes this old Passover and he makes it new. And the meal that Jesus prepared that night superseded the old Passover. For Jesus says that he's now the lamb who is slain. He gives his body and his blood and the bread and the wine to all who take and eat and take and drink the gift that he has laid out for them. And he gives to them, with this gift, a promise. A promise of the forgiveness of sin with the blood of forgiveness on the doorframe of your lips, Jesus might say. The judgment of God that falls upon all sinners, that brings death, passes right over you. Your sins are forgiven on account of Christ. Take and eat, says Jesus. This is my body given for you. Take and drink. 
This is my blood of the covenant, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus earnestly desired to eat this meal with them, for he knew that in it he would give them the antidote to the poison of sin that had posed death on all of us. He gives his body and he gives his blood for the forgiveness of sin. So notice what he did here. He took the supper and he made it his own. That's why we call it the Lord's Supper. It's Jesus' meal. The students, if they did their homework, would have learned that there are a number of different names for this meal in the Bible, but perhaps one of the most important is this, the Lord's Supper. So if it's his supper, if he's made the meal about him, perhaps he's the one who gets to decide who's for. He's the one who decides who is worthy and who is ready to take the sacrifice. And what does he say? Who is it for? Well, he says, it's for you. Listen again to the words of institution. His words of institution that serve as both a promise and an invitation. He says, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance. This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. My body, says Jesus, given for you. My blood shed for you. Sacrifice made on your behalf and distributed to you. This only sort of forces me to ask the question, why? Why me? Why you? What is it about us that has caused Jesus to want to give us this meal? Is it because we're just so particularly holy? We're kind of better than, you know, all the sinners out there, and so Jesus has now made a place for us because we're just so good? Is it because uh, you passed a class and you got all the answers right on a test? What is it about you that makes you worthy? Well, you might be surprised to find out that the thing you bring to this meal that makes it for you, this is kind of surprising, is your sin. See, really the only thing you bring to the sacrament tonight is your sin and your neediness. Jesus comes and gives the meal to you for the forgiveness of your sin. That's what it's for. So that you must never wait to come until you're sort of holy in it. You should never wait to show up to the Lord's Supper until you've got all of the sort of spiritual life figured out, until you have all of your sins done away with, and you're not committing them anymore. You don't wait until you've overcome every temptation and proved yourself to be worthy. Because if you wait for that, you're never showing up. You're never going to come. None of us will ever achieve such. Further, if we try and pursue it that way and never come to the sacrament until we've done it, we will actually remove ourselves from the very thing that overcomes the sin in our lives. Not our own work, but the body and blood of Jesus. See, Jesus knows the very thing you need to deal with sin in your life, to forgive it and to fight it, is his presence. He knows you need his body and his blood to forgive your sins. That's why he's giving it to you. He knows you need his presence with you to fight and to, uh, against sin and the devil and temptation. And he knows you need his body and blood to sustain you into life everlasting. That's why he gives you the meal. It's for sinners like you and me. Don't misunderstand me. Sin doesn't make you worthy to receive the sacrament. But the promise in the sacrament is for sinners. Because Jesus has promised that a sinner like you and a sinner like me have a place at this altar. Now, 
you may not consider yourself to be a sinner. You may think, well, I'm not that bad of a guy. I'm not that bad of a lady. I don't do that much bad stuff, not compared to those other people out there. Well, if you're not a sinner, you don't have to come. Sacrament's not for you. It's for sinners. And if you're not a sinner, you don't need it. Jesus comes for sinners. In fact, if you're not a sinner, you don't really need Jesus at all, as it turns out. Sacrament, as St. Augustine says, speaks hungry, thirsty, and desirous souls who yearn for it. Maybe another way of saying that is Christ pursues the sinner who is broken, crushed, and dying under the load of their sin. Now you may say to yourself, I don't feel like I'm really dying under the load of my sin. I don't think I'm that bad of a sinner. So if that's where you're at, before you refuse to come to the table tonight, maybe you should ask yourself a few questions. Let's see if you're a sinner or not. First things first, check your poll. If you're dead, we'll have another service for you here in about 15 minutes. But if you are still alive, if your heart is beating, my guess is you are still sinning. And if you don't think that's true, I recommend you kind of run to the Ten Commandments and start running through each and every one of those commandments. And what you need to do is ask yourself quite sincerely, have I kept these perfectly? With, not just with my deeds, but with my thoughts and my words also. Have I loved God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength? Have I loved my neighbor as myself? Have I honestly spoken faithfully about God at all times? Have I faithfully attended worship every time it's offered? <laughs> no, you haven't. Uh, have I uh, honored my father and mother and all of those in authority? You know, I haven't badmouthed the government once since this afternoon. Like, what have you done? Right. What about, I don't know, have you hated somebody, gossiped about them, harmed their reputation? lusted after somebody that you are not married to, flirted with somebody who is not your spouse? Have you desired things that God has not placed into your life? Have you taken things that do not belong to you? Let's just continue to run through the list, or maybe we can stop now. Because at this point, you should start to recognize that whether you feel the weight of the guilt or not, whether you feel like you're, you are a sinner or not, according to God's law, you are. You are a sinner, which means the Lord's Supper has been prepared for you. Give you the forgiveness you need. And if that's not enough, I recommend you look around and find yourself still living in this world, beset by temptations, constantly hounded by the devil. The devil who would come into your ears and he would tell you you don't need the sacrament. Either because you aren't, you're too good and why you don't really need that much help anyways, or worse, you're too sinful. And Jesus never welcomed someone like you. If those are the voices you hear in your head. If those are the things you are telling yourself, Jesus has a response to that. Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Take and drink my blood shed for you. You see, it is God's law, your sin, and yes, even Satan himself, who have made you ready to receive the Lord's Supper tonight. It is those things that plague us, that drive us to Christ Jesus who comes to us forgiveness, life, and salvation. Now, perhaps you're saying there's just one more reason. Like, maybe I shouldn't come because you know what? I don't believe. I don't believe that this is his body and blood given to me for the forgiveness of my sins. Well, if that's where you stand, I tend to think there's two ways people say that, two reasons people say that. One side will say it this way because they want to oppose Jesus. And they want to say, I don't care what Jesus says. It doesn't make sense that it's his body and blood, that I could be in heaven and in the sacrament, so I don't buy it for a second. 
I don't trust it. Well, if that's where you want to stand, if you want to tell Jesus he's wrong about his words, if you want to throw his words back in his face and reject the gospel, then perhaps you should not come to him. But I also think there are those who say, I don't believe, I struggle. I want to believe, I'd love for this to be true, but I don't know what to do. And I can't bring myself to believe that this is his body and blood, let alone believe in him at all. And if that's where you are, struggling and burdened by it, perhaps it's okay for you not to come tonight as well. But fear not, because the Lord Jesus desires for you to be at this table with him. The Lord Jesus has indeed prepared it for you, and though you might not yet be ready, he invites you to join him soon. Please speak with me after the service tonight, and I want to talk to you more about what goes into taking the sacrament with us here at the church. Because I know for certain that it is the Lord's will that you would join us. See, dear sinner, beloved of God, this is what Christ would have you think. Here is what the Lord Jesus would have you believe. This is his body given for you the forgiveness of your sins. This is his blood shed for you, the blood of the new covenant poured out for you to wash you clean. Trusting those words is what makes you worthy. Simple faith and that simple promise is what makes you ready to receive the supper. It is Jesus who has prepared you for this meal. Tonight, Colin, Henry, Mark, Will, Molly, Nate, this meal's been prepared for you. Jesus has prepared you for this meal, and he's prepared the meal for you. So we invite you to join the rest of us tonight, for we have earnestly desired to eat this with you. The Lord Jesus has earnestly desired to give it to you. Dear Saint, come join us all now at this, for everything will soon be prepared. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, you have given yourself to us in this marvelous gift of the sacrament. We pray, O oh Lord, that you would fill us with faith, teach us to trust in your promises, and continue to grant us your word. Lord, we need this sacrament to forgive us and to sustain us. So grant it to us to carry us in faith into life everlasting. In Jesus' name. You heard the word.